You're listening to a live audio recording from Women's Bible Fellowship at LEFC. This is week six of Sacred Rhythms on the topic of prayer. I am going to continue our unit on prayer. I'm going to start with uh, just a description of, I have a son on the autism spectrum. And so I don't know if any of you know people who are on the spectrum. They present differently. My son is very chatty, all day long chatty, chatty. He needs to verbalize, he needs to process verbally every thought that comes He has to hear out of his mouth what's in his (laughs) brain. And so do the rest of us. Yes. (laughs) Right. And it's generally often unfiltered. It's just what comes into his head, and he needs to get it out. He needs to process and this goes on from morning till evening. Um, thankfully, he does have a full-time job now, but um, <laughs> this has been going on for almost 29 years. And um, to be honest, sometimes it can be maddening when I want my thought from beginning to end in my head. So <laughs> I'm finishing an email or writing a check or something and you know, trying to process. So I have given him what I call the five-minute timeout. Timeouts for me, <laughs> not for him. <laughs> like this is my, this is last timeout. I got to remove myself and just get this done. And it's it can make me you know I feel guilty about it, but for order <laughs> and to accomplish things, it's important for my sanity. Okay, um, it's important, but it's also important for him. It's a discipline for him, and he's really anxious when that timeout is is done. Um, so I was with another friend whose child cannot communicate at all. And so even though I get more than enough information from Jordan, I know his every thought. This mother has never heard her child speak a single word. And so she can communicate to her child, but she doesn't know if her child is processing or understanding what she's saying, because there's no feedback, there's no back and forth. Um, So it's a silent world, they kind of live side by side. It's a one-way street. And she's never heard words spoken from a child like, you know, as simple as, please pass the ketchup, or I love you, mom. Mm -hmm. Never heard that. So anything she would hear would be, she would be grateful to hear. So God, in his gentle way resets my thinking because I do get to hear Jordan's thoughts and I do it is an opportunity for me to write some wrong thinking which I do often you know and and, and maybe reframe a perspective or affirm his thinking and so this is the beauty of of communication there's a transmission and a receiving and then a transmitting back that's the beauty of a of communication, it's mutual participation. It's also a picture of communication with God and God with us. God himself initiated communication, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Genesis 1, they spoke, they spoke the word, the world into being. They spoke, let us make man and woman in our own image after our likeness. And so that was a a conversation that they had, and communication is part of that likeness that we all share. 
God spoke to Abraham and Moses and the prophets, and he listened to them, too. Um, his very words are gifted to us in scripture. So we see how important communication is to him, that it's a two-way thing. We've, we've gotten his scripture. We've gone over this the last couple weeks. We don't live in silence, wondering what's on his mind, because he's, he's showed it to us. And so our response, transmission, receiving, and responding, our response is prayer. He's given us this gift of communication. And we are assured that he listens to us. There's many, many verses in the Bible. And I've looked them up because I, I want to know, is he really hearing my stuff? And he does. He inclines his ear toward us. And we can come confidently to him and find the grace that we need. Um, so through his word to us, we can know the nature of the one who hears us. And he actually helps prompt us in our prayers. A significant foundation to any relationship is communication, right? <laughs> it's pretty key. So with God, our relationship is not one-sided, not just he transmit and then we receive it and that's it. No, we get to have this communication with him. As we deepen our understanding of prayer, we see how it goes hand in hand with the word. We spend time in the word and it's an act of worship. How is it an act of worship? We are saying, God, you are worthy of my time. You are worth my paying attention to your words and following them. <clears throat> when someone values you, they don't ignore what you say or dismiss it. They respond, hopefully, rightly. <laughs> and so prayer is also an act of worship. We are ascribing worth to God, like saying, God, you are worth my coming to you. You have initiated this relationship, and I am now responding. I, I'm honoring you. I'm bringing you my thanks. I'm bringing you my, my issues. I'm bringing you my heart. I'm confessing to you. I want to fellowship and commune and communicate with you. So responding in prayer is, opens this two-way relationship. The disciples who walked with Jesus obviously observed the priority, power, and profound impact of prayer. You like that alliter alliteration? <laughs> priority, power, and profound impact of prayer on his life. So they asked, Lord, teach us to pray. Can you imagine the disciples just watching Jesus in, in, in prayer and, and just knowing the impact it had on his life and wanting that too? And he wants that for us too. <coughs> So we have both his example of praying and also this model. When they asked him to pray, he said, pray then this way in Matthew 6. It's not provided for us to mindlessly recite the Lord's Prayer, but to really have that communication, see how Jesus set it up, and so that we can enter in this communication of seeing God for who he is and then responding. 
this was given in contrast to the way the leaders, the religious leaders, were praying. They were out there praying so that men and women could hear them. Not so much that God would hear them, but um, they wanted to create an image of spirituality, which was essentially just religiosity. And so this is in contrast to that. We are to learn the prayer and see it as a model. So in this prayer model, we'll begin with uh, the first couple words, Our Father. And think about what we've been doing here the last couple weeks. What are the timeless truths? What does this reveal about God or us? To start out with our Father. Anyone have a thought? Of all the ways we could address God, and there's an infinite number, our Creator, our Master, our the Supreme King, Jesus set it up so that we would begin with this precious bonding relationship of seeing him as our father. This is how Jesus prayed. My father. He spoke about his father. And he's asking us to join in that relationship. So he is approachable. <clears throat> we come boldly without fear. We can approach God to find that mercy and grace to help us as our father. So the next part, our Father what? Who are in heaven. Okay, what does this speak to? Timeless truth there. Okay, this speaks to his position. He's our heavenly Father. We sometimes have a tendency to confuse our earthly father with our heavenly father and we think the way our earthly father was we project that onto our heavenly father and right from the very start he's making it clear there is no comparison this is my father in heaven he is above all there is no one to compare him to and I can relate to him in his perfection and his wholeness as my Father in heaven. Okay. Hallowed be your name. What timeless truth does this reveal? Somebody. He's holy. <laughs> He's holy. Yes, thank you. He's hallowed, holy, safe, set apart. There is none like him. So, <clears throat> thank you. And, and also, hallowed be your name. One's name is indicative of their nature and the qualities of who they are. And he is holy. It is his identity. He is sacred. So these first few lines, what would our response be to our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name? If you think of Christie's A-C-T-S acronym, how, do, how would we respond as, as we're reading or reciting this prayer? Worship. Worship, yes. Adoration. <coughs> so as we're reading the word, and just taking it part, verse by verse or phrase by phrase, we can respond. We can do that communication that I was talking about. Him revealing, transmitting information, 
about himself, these truths, and us responding, yes. Before I even go further, Lord, you are God, and I adore you. I worship you. That's our response. So the next line, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, this reveals our coming under his will and joining with his purposes. It's not about me and my will. You know, we do, he does invite us to bring our needs and our desires, but right at the very, you know, after that part of the prayer, it's, this is, this is where you are king, and <clears throat> he is sovereign. And so we approach him that way. So we approach him with, with the common relationship as our father, but he is also king. And <clears throat> we also need to recognize we come humbly. So we come confidently as our father, but we also come humbly as our king. <clears throat> Give us this day our daily bread. So what timeless truth does this say about him or about us? When we pray this. He provides. He provides. Yes. What does it say about us? We need him. Daily bread. Yes. Good. Yes. He is our source. We are in need daily. So what would our response be here? We're asking him, so that's a petition. But when we know, when we see him as our provider, our hearts are filled with thanks and gratitude. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. What does that say? What does that say about God? He's the only one who can forgive us our debts. The only one. He's the one we go to because we need him. And we, it's also an act of confession. I mean, if I'm asking someone to forgive me, I'm pretty much saying, you know, I really blew it. I was, I was wrong here, and I need your forgiveness. So again, this is how we approach God. <clears throat> it's one of those implicit, those implicit things. That I need your forgiveness. But Cindy, uh -huh. <clears throat> I think there's something in that though that says to me, <clears throat> "Forgive me the way I forgive others." I don't want him to forgive nope. me the way I forgive others. <laughs> right. I'm pretty slow to forgive. Right. So don't don't base your forgiveness to me right. on what I've done. Right. You just forgive me for heaven's sake. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because of that thinking, yeah. it should reset our thinking as how he has forgiven me. Is yep. the mm -hmm. way I am to. I do not want him to forgive me the way I have or haven't forgiven another. Yeah. Yes. So putting it that way, I mean, it's masterful when Jesus gave us this model, right? Right there, it's in my face, Cindy. <laughs> you need to think about this. We're not only empowered to forgive others, but we're commanded to do so. And to withhold it goes against the will of God. My withholding forgiveness from someone else goes contrary to God's will. And what does it say about how I perceive him forgiving me? 
I do not have that sense that I need, that he has forgiven me of so much more than what anyone has done to me. So we can respond with confession and forgiveness of others. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He offers us freedom from temptation or sin. So what does this say about him? Sorry? He's merciful. merciful. Yes. And powerful. Again, he's the one who can deliver us. I can try on my own to to get out of temptation or sin, but I will fall on my face. So he gives us the, the deliverance and the power. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this is like a bookend, you know? We start out with praise, seeing him as he is, and then ending with what other, how else could we end after we see what he has done for us, how we see how he's provided for us. Sorry, my throat. So amazingly enough, the Greek word for pray, and Lord teach us to pray, is prosukamai, if I'm saying it properly, which means to interact with the Lord by switching human wishes for his wishes as he imparts faith. So this is the kind of praying, I, I can bring my human wishes, but if that's all I'm doing, <clears throat> I'm, I'm just sharing wishful thinking. But I'm exchanging, when I bring my, my <coughs> prayers to him, I'm exchanging for his perspective. I'm, change, I'm exchanging this, saying, I'm bringing this to you, but I want to take on what you have to say here. <clears throat> so, another approach, given this model of prayer, is that we want God to open our eyes to show us himself from his perspective. So we have our own ideas from growing up or from others' opinions or whatever of who God is. No, we go to the source. We've talked about that a lot, about going to the word and hearing it from his own mouth, who he is. And so we ask him, Lord, open my eyes to show you who you are. When we see him as he is, it changes our posture and also our prayers. So here's a quote from Chuck Swindoll. Choose to view life through God's eyes. This will not be easy because it doesn't come naturally to us. We cannot do this on our own. We have to allow God to elevate our vantage point. Start by reading his word, the Bible, and then pray and ask God to transform your thinking. Let him do what you cannot. Ask him to give you an eternal divine perspective. Okay, so first, we want him to open our eyes to see himself as he is. Second, we want him to open our eyes to see our circumstances. So in, the, in this, this prayer was, give, give us this day our daily bread. So again, <clears throat> we want to see from his perspective what really are my needs. I can bring my needs to him. And oh, thank you so much. Um, Thank you. God bless you. 
cup of water given in the name of Jesus. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so a he cup invites of water us in Jesus' name. That's what. Yes. Amen. So he designed us to have needs for daily bread, and so he includes it in his <coughs> prayer. We're going to touch on that later, but we want to see our circumstances from his perspective. Third, we want to see others from his perspective, through mm -hmm. his eyes. This, this is touched on, forgive us our sins as we forgive the sins of others. Anyone agree with me that forgiveness is hard? It doesn't come naturally. It goes against you know, our desire to make somebody pay for what they did to, to us or someone we love. So we need to see through his eyes. <clears throat> his eyes are full of grace and truth and compassion. And it's hard to forgive someone if you don't have compassion toward them. Compassion is like fertile soil for forgiveness and a lot to grow. Because our own eyes are filled, we have our own filters. They're wounded and they, they, we just don't see properly. So we don't know another's backstory. He does. We don't know what drives people to react as they do. He sees. So his perspective is key. His perspective will help us to forgive others. So fourthly, we ask him to open our eyes to see ourselves as he does. Our critical need is for forgiveness and strength against temptation and deliverance from evil. When we see ourselves as he does, we walk in truth. So, when God, God hears and understands us more than we do. Our Father knows what we need before we ask him. So why do we pray at all if he knows this? And I would, I would give to you, he invites us to come for the sake of intimate fellowship and communion and communicating. We're not like the child who cannot communicate. He wants to have that communication, that ongoing transmitting response, that fellowship. And so he does want us to pray, to come to him. It's a sacred and special time. He also designed us with needs so that we do need to come to him regularly. So it's a good thing, remembering that he is the source. And it speaks to the great value that he has placed on communicating and on seeking our relationship with him. I have four children. I love them equally and dearly. But those who are in contact with me more frequently, they are more in tune with my thoughts, my day, my plans, than the others might be. So, in the same way, you know, God has no favorites, but those who spend time listening to him, following his ways, and communicating with him will benefit in a deeper walk with him and understanding his ways. It's more of an intimate relationship when we seek him out. <clears throat> a little short, so... When we bring a request to him in prayer, he's honored to take them as representing our hearts and carefully weave them into his greater purposes, purposes that we don't even know. So when we are praying, 
and we are responding to him. He's doing much more with it than we can see at the moment. And when we pray, we want a quick answer, don't we? Like, we just stick that in there, and here's the answer. And, and God is weaving it into some greater eternal purpose. And he's inviting us to join him, whether we see it or not at the moment. It changes us. It may or may not change the circumstance right when we want it to, but it does transform us. And it brings us into that deeper bonding and relationship with him. So <clears throat> there are times, though, that there are no words that come to mind, you know, when you're facing some of the situations on our own. And I'm thankful that we can pray together and we can join our faith with someone else whose faith might be weak or someone else can join faith when my faith is like, I really need prayer here. So I'm grateful for that because there are times when I just don't know what, I don't have words to pray. I don't know what to pray. So it's a comfort to know that the Spirit of God intercedes and communicates directly with God the Father on our behalf. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit's saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So it's a relief to know. He wants to communicate in ways. He's even given us a translator <laughs> so that we, when we bring our requests, the Holy Spirit just prays it and is in that communication with the Father. Again, this demonstrates how much value he places on us and bringing our prayers to him. We can know that our prayers have an impact here on earth as it is in heaven. When we are joining with him and we are praying, there are, there are prayers um, when we don't know what to pray. There are prayers in the Bible that we can, we can look to, and we're going we're gonna to touch on that in a, a week or two ahead, so I'm not going to get into that right now. But... When you don't know what to pray, we can go to the Word. We can do what we just did going through this model of Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer. Say, Lord, I don't know what to pray, and, and just read through the Word and then respond. Just keep that communication going. We can write a letter to God. Sometimes I journal my thoughts and prayers in this form. Writing is writing my prayer to God. Um, Christy has been reading from the Book of Common Prayer, so we can read the prayers of others and join, join with them and allow their words to speak to us and for us when we don't know what to pray. Um, and again, like his disciples, we can ask Jesus to teach us to because we all have our own personality, we all have our own relationship with him. <clears throat> and we want our prayers to line up with his truth and his will. So thankfully, these practices transcend our feelings. Our feelings can change from one moment to the next, can't they? Maybe more so as women. I can be all over the place in, in a matter of moments. <laughs> but. So, having the word as is a true source of information and then praying in response to the word, our prayers are informed and formed by truth. 
So this is a beautiful gift of communication. Again, it's a, it's a, a way of worshiping God. It's a way of responding, keeping that ongoing communication. And um, I think of it, to have his listening ear 24-7. I can pray any time. And as, as, I'm, as I'm outside and seeing a sunset, I can just, there's a prayer. Lord, thank you for that. Or as he brings things to mind, somebody who needs a prayer, I can just pray right there in the moment, 24-7. He doesn't even need that five-minute timeout <laughs> from me and what I bring to him. So this is what he's inviting us to, a life of just responding to him in prayer. Not to see it so much, it is a discipline, because sometimes we have to get into the rhythm of something before it flows very much more naturally. But it's an invitation for, for us to join in him, join him with this. Him speaking, us responding and speaking back and all of that. So. So we are going to go into a time now. We just, I just gave you an example, like I said, um, of, of taking a verse or a passage, breaking it down, pausing and pondering, what does that really mean? And we've been doing that. What does it speak about God? What is the time of truth? What does it say about me or human nature or whatever? Um, <coughs> So we have scripture pa papers. Each, you want to pass these back. Each table can get one. <coughs> and you want to take one and then pass them back. So read over this together. Identify the attributes of God, which is what we've been doing. Identify timeless truths. And you can write on the paper, you can mark it up, that's, that's yours. Um, and then take some time to pray in your around your table in response to these things. So write them down, read it together, write it down, and then have you ever heard of like popcorn style? So you just pray in response. Lord, you are my shepherd. Thank you for being my shepherd. You're a good shepherd. It doesn't have to be long. It just has to be, you just keep the flow going in response to what he's revealing about himself. So we'll have, um, what is verse? Is we'll have almost 10 minutes to do this. And then we'll come back. 